If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to open to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to look there today. There's almost a universal consensus that Jesus was indeed a great, if not the greatest teacher who ever lived. That's the way the people that actually heard him teach, that's how they felt. At the end of the series, the Sermon on the Mount, this is what we read in Matthew 7 verse 28. When Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority, not as their teachers of the law. They were amazed at his teaching. No one had ever heard teaching like the teachings of Jesus. No one ever touched the heart and the head and the home like Jesus. And this morning, we're going to conclude our series on the Sermon on the Mount and it was one of, Sermon on the Mount is one of the largest bodies of teachings of Jesus that recorded consecutively in Scripture. And it's probably the reason why Jesus is called the greatest preacher in history. And he closes this unbelievable sermon with a parable. Just a story of two home builders. And now in actuality, Jesus isn't talking about building a home. He's talking about building a life. See, we're all in the building business. Every day we build a life. And building our lives and building our homes have some similarities. The most important part about building as a home is not what you build, or not even how you build. It's where you build. Because you'd be better off to build a log cabin on a rock than to build a mansion in the swamps. I heard this true story about a developer who built this subdivision of glamorous, expensive homes in Canada. This happened years ago. The homes were selling for a quarter of a million dollars and up each. And on the outside, these were beautiful, magnificent homes. But then winter came, snow fell, the winds began to blow, and all of a sudden one house and then another and, and then another literally began to collapse and sink into holes. Well, the authorities came and they began questioning the developer and found out he had taken the cheap route. And instead of preparing the site and laying a foundation for all these homes, he built the entire subdivision on a garbage dump. You see, there's one thing to build a life that looks good. There's something different to build a life that will last forever. And the key to building a life that will last forever is build that life on the rock. So Jesus closes out the sermon and he tells the story of two men, each who built a home, and one home lasted through the storm and the other one did not. And the difference was not in the men, it wasn't in the materials, it was in the foundation. And remember, as we look at this, the homes, they're just metaphors for our lives. And the houses, just like our lives, looked exactly the same. Right? They both had three bedrooms, two baths, a chimney. Both had shuttered windows and fresh paint and well-kept yards. I mean, just like two neighbors who would live next door to each other and maybe attend the same church and sing the same songs and work at the same jobs and send their kids to the same school. And yet one is wise and one is foolish. And both have good-looking lives on the outside, but one has a life that will last forever. And so as we build our lives, Jesus gives us this advice that make sure you build your life on the right foundation. 
And he says, get real. Storms will hit you. Listen to what he says in our parable, Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain came down and the streams rose and the wind blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. So according to the story, there were two men and they each built a home and both started off with the same purpose. They wanted to build a place for their families to live. Both would have used similar plans. Back in biblical days, all homes were very similar. They were very simple in design. They were built in the same place. But here's the key. Both houses were hit with a storm. Storms are inevitable. See, Jesus is not telling us, here's how you find a safe, comfortable setting where the sun always shines and the cloud never rains and the wind never blows and build your house there. No. No, that place doesn't exist. And notice, even though one builder was a wise, godly person and the other a foolish, worldly person, it didn't make a difference. The rain still fell, the wind still blew, and the flood still came on both homes. So what Jesus is teaching us very simply is every life faces problems and pressures. The rain represents pressure from above, the floods represent pressure from below, and the wind represents pressure from all around. And neither the rains, nor the winds, nor the floods ever took the time or the courtesy to determine whether or not they were coming against a godly life or an ungodly life. The rain of adversity falls on the godly and the ungodly life. The floods of, mercy ri- floods of misery rise against the life of the just and the unjust. The winds of trouble blow against the life of the just and the unjust. You know, if you think about our nation, it doesn't matter where you live, you're going to face weather problems. All right? If you're in the west, you, you get earthquakes. If you're in the south, you get tornadoes. If you live in the north, flooding and, and, and blizzards. If you live in the east, hurricanes. Again, Jesus is not telling us, here's how you find a safe place to live and the atmosphere is ideal and the wind is gentle and the rains are controlled and the sun always shines. The place doesn't exist. He said, get ready for the storm. There's a story that happened just over 80 years ago. A man that lived in Long Island in 1938 It was the year that barometers were first being sold in stores. And so the man went to the store and he bought a barometer and he brought it home and he unwrapped it and he hung it on his wall. And he looked at the needle on the barometer and it said, hurricane was coming. And he looked outside and the weather was clear as a bell. And so he took it down off the wall and he shook it and he beaded it and he patted it and he thought to himself, well, just my luck. I bought a barometer and it doesn't even work. So he took it back to the store. He demanded a refund took his money and drove back home. And when he got home, he saw that his house had been blown away by a mini-hurricane that swept through his neighborhood. See, the barometer was right. There was a storm coming. 
The problem was not that the barometer didn't tell the truth. The problem was the man didn't believe it and he didn't obey it. The Bible is God's barometer. It tells us every life is going to have storms. And so what we need to do with God's word is don't, don't shake it, don't beat on it, don't take it back to the store. You need to read it and you need to believe it and you need to obey it. You need to do what it tells us to do so that we can weather the storms that come. Incidentally, you know why storms come into our lives? See, if you read this story, you find the storms revealed the quality of the foundation of these two lives. If you had just looked at these homes from the outside, you would have never known which was weak and which was strong, which would sink and which would stand. Only the storm reveals which house is built on the rock and which is built on the sand. Foundation made all the difference. Next, get ready. Storms can hurt you. These two houses, they were the houses, they were basically made of the same structure, same design, built out of the same material. Again, there was one difference, but it was a huge difference. It was the foundation. The first home built on a solid foundation. The second home on a sandy foundation. Listen to the results. Verse 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like the foolish man who built this house in the sand. The rains came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. So what does this house with a faulty foundation represent? Well, I think it represents the people that come to church and bring their Bibles and listen to sermons and take notes and hear the Word of God and leave here and don't heed the Word of God. That They don't do anything with it. They walk out of church the same way that they walk in. Nothing they heard makes one bit of difference in how they live their life. I mean, they treat the Word of God like they would a good movie. Right? They go and they enjoy it, but, but they don't let it affect the way that they live. Do you know anyone like that? Can I let you in on a secret? The church is full of people like that. They're, they're fair weather followers. The people that come to church and listen to sermons and sing the songs and say amen and as long as the sun is shining and the breeze is gentle and the rain is soft and life is good, but when the clouds turn back, and black and the breeze turns to a gale and the mist becomes a monsoon, their lives get blown away. There was a, a preacher who was flying home from Memphis, Tennessee and a lady got on the plane next to him. And he was trying to be friendly and he asked her how she was doing and with a weepy voice she said, well, I've done better. And she began to give him this sordid tale of a bad marriage, multiple affairs on the part of her and her husband, how she was coming to Atlanta to check herself into a psychological center to try and get help to get her life back. He began to share with her the gospel, and she began to share with him the typical God talk you hear from someone who has it in their head but, but not in their heart. And she sat there and told him she needed to dry out and give up alcohol as she was drinking her third Bloody Mary. And he realized he was looking at someone whose life was built on shifting sands. See, the foundation here is more than just the Word of God. 
It's also how you respond to the Word of God. So you must hear the Word of God, and that, that's why it's important to come to worship. That, that's why it's important to, to open the Bible and read it for yourself. Because every time you do, you're laying another rock in your foundation. But it's not enough just to hear it. You have to heed it. Jesus said the wise man was the one who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. James, the brother of Jesus, wrote in James 1.22, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, thus deceiving yourselves. Every one of us, I'm sure, has heard of Madonna singer, right? Well, many years ago, she had her child, and, and a reporter asked her what type of religious training she was going to give the baby. And this is what she said. She said, I'm baptizing her Catholic. There, there's things about Catholicism I disagree with, but there's a lot I'm still intrigued by. I still go to church. I like candles, and the church provides this sanctuary, this sense of community. So I'll teach her about Catholicism, but also other religions like Buddhism and Judaism and the Kabbalah. My own religion combines all of these, she said. said, I would rather present the Bible to my daughter as some interesting stories you can learn from rather than this is the rule. See, did you catch it? She's going to teach her child to do the very thing Jesus warned against. That's hearing the Bible, but not doing what it says. And her life and the life of her child are going to be built on a faulty foundation. Because when the storms of life hit, and they are going to hit, her life is going to fall. And sadly, if she doesn't change when the storms of God's wrath hit, the fall will be great. Finally, get right so the storms won't harm you. Again, the, the difference between these two houses is very simple. The house that sank was built on a sandy foundation. The house that stood, a solid foundation. Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. See, the difference between these two homes is quite important. Both of these men heard the word of God. But it was the wise man that heeded the word of God. And see, here's why Jesus called him wise. First, because he believed the word of God and he lived it. See, that's the foundation. Not just believing the Bible. It's living the Bible. Not just trusting God, but obeying God. I don't know if you've ever had the chance to see a skyscraper under construction. But if you have, you'll notice this, that for the first several months of the project, all the workmen do is build a giant hole in the ground. No concrete, no steel, just a gigantic hole. And the reason they start with a hole is because to build a tall building like a skyscraper, you have to start far below the surface. To build this mammoth building, you have to dig down deep until a strong foundation can be built to support the skyscraper. 
Now, a doghouse, doghouse doesn't need a foundation. Ordinary homes, they can be built on concrete slabs. But a skyscraper requires a deep, solid foundation. The deeper and stronger the foundation, the taller the building can be built. See, that's the way it is in our life, in your life, and mine. The deeper and stronger your foundation is, the higher your life can go. But there's something else about this wise man. He not only believed the word of God, he not only lived the word of God, he belonged to the Son of God. He loved him. And you know who those who belong to Jesus are? It's those who become like Jesus. Uh, John said this in 1 John 2. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He who says I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. So you have a choice. I have a choice. You can build a life for this world that is here today and gone tomorrow. Or you can build a life for the world that is coming tomorrow. You can build a life for this world that you see or you can build a life for the world you cannot see. But let me give you fair warning. If you build a life on money and success and fame and happiness, it's going to fall. It's going to fail. Storms are coming. They're going to come. And so the question is, have you built your life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ? Or did you build your life on the shifting sands of what this world has to offer? Let me close with this story. Whether you're a golfer or, or not, you, you can appreciate this story. It's kind of funny, but tragic. A worldwide TV audience watched the British Open 1999. And they watched one of the greatest collapses in the history of golf. A Frenchman, Jean Van de Velde, was six strokes and 480 yards away from golf immortality, from winning the British Open. Six strokes, and he would have won a major championship, a whole lot of money, and a permanent place in history. And what he had to do was score a six on a par four. I mean, to put that in perspective, I can score a six in a par four. <laughs> I'm not good at golf at all. Matter of fact, I do that often when I play. Now, the hole wasn't easy. And so what, they, the, what the book tells you to do is to hit three shots. And all he had to do was hit those three shots, putt three times, take a six, win the hole, smile for the cameras, collect his check and, and his trophy. But here's where it gets tragic. See, the book says to hit an iron, a short iron, and it keeps it straight and in the fairway and, and short of a marshy creek. But he was feeling his oats that day and he pulled out a driver. And the problem with driver is it, it can hit the ball a long way, but it's not always accurate. Well, he pushed his drive halfway to the Eiffel Tower. And now he had 240 yards to the green and nothing but deep grass and a heartache in front of him. And the book says, hit a short shot. 
get back in the fairway. The book says, don't go for the green. Golf 101 says, don't go for the green. Every golfer watching in TV and in person said, don't go for the green. Vandeveld said, I'm going for the green. And he swung, and the ball caromed off bleachers and disappeared into a marsh tall enough to hide a buffalo. His next shot landed in water. The next shot landed in sand. Now he's five strokes down and not even on the green yet. Now he's not playing to win the tournament. He's just playing to tie and go into a playoff. Well, he makes a seven, goes to the playoff, and loses. To show you how bad of a mistake that was, in December of that year, he came back and he filmed a commercial for a company called Never Compromise Putters. And the idea was to see if he could make a six using only a putter. And on the third try, just using his putter, he made a six. See, here's why he lost the British Open. He knew the book. He didn't trust the book. He trusted what he knew was right. He just didn't obey it. So you want to build your life on the rock? You want to build your life that that will last forever? Listen to the words of Jesus. More importantly, heed the words of Jesus. Trust this book. Trust Him. Obey Him. And your life will be built on the rock of ages and will never be shaken. So let me ask you as we close this morning, what what is the foundation of your life? Is it built on the solid rock of Jesus? Or do you need to begin building on that solid foundation today? Begin by surrendering your life to Him today. If that's what you need to do, I invite you to come.